0: Erin, how are you doing? You're not here. I'm in Iceland. Where are you?
1: I am in Toronto in my bedroom.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I miss you.
1: This is our first episode of season three. This is so exciting.
0: Season three. I know. I know.
1: And I am so over the moon to have our guest today to launch season three and uh, she's in a warmer climb. She's in <laughs> Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And you guys are in for a treat. We are so blessed to have Rolly Locks with us today.
0: Yeah, yeah, Rolly Locks. I, I mean, I've, I've been following her for a few years. We've been, you know, again, that kind of connection through the community and the work that she does. It, it wow. just... She's gone viral. She she has celebrity clients. You know we're gonna we're gonna find out sort of where her, what her story is, right? Like we yeah. wanna we wanna dig deep. Mm.
1: Oh, so excited!
0: So, uh, with uh, without further ado, shall we bring? Do we 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 would call her Rolies, right? So like, Rolies. This is this is her pr- pro name, right? People know her as Rolies. So let's bring her in.
2: Yay!
1: So nice to have you here.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
0: I'm great. Yeah. I'm so grateful that we're finally doing this because we were trying to do it last season and it didn't work out. We got busy. And so finally, now the new year, and, and you're here.
2: New year, <laughs> new, new season, a
0: block talk. <laughs> All wow. good things.
1: Episode one.
0: Episode one. Love that. So we are just saying that, you know, I'm in Iceland, Brian is in Toronto and you're in Florida. So the weather, how's the weather in Florida?
2: It's nice and sunny out, (laughs) a casual 80 degrees. I live in St. Petersburg, Florida. So it's just about 30 minutes south of Tampa.
0: Oh, right. Okay, okay. We don't know our Florida geography clearly.
2: Oh, okay. Well, it's a good part. (laughs) Have you been up to Toronto? I've never been, no. I would love to go though.
0: Well, now you have a reason to come and visit. Yes.
2: Yeah. Y- your salon is there,
0: right? Yeah, both of ours. Um, Modlocks and World Hair and Skin, World Salon, all of it's based in Toronto. Okay. Um, and then Noggin Oil is our, our co-founding company together. And um, yeah, and Noggin Oil is sponsoring Lock Talk, So it's this big kind of umbrella family. Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, I love so. that. Well, thanks, thanks for inviting me today. <laughs>
0: And so, and so Rolly, yes, you are like one of the, um, the pioneers, right? Like you've been doing this how, how, no, are you saying no, uh, No, I'm just like, oh, I'm blushing. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell us like, how long have you been doing locks for?
2: Uh, it's going on 10 years now um and i love every single minute of it i started doing this when i was about 21 and i'm 31 now so (laughs) it's crazy how time flies and looking back on all of the oh my god all the challenges all of the paths it's it's really humbling to look back (laughs) and feel so comfortable where i'm at now but you are also a pioneer (laughs) <laughs> well you've been doing this for 20 years right
0: yeah over 20 and and uh we stopped counting at 20 i suppose i don't know
2: um, <laughs> yeah, but for all of us
0: well thank you you but you i feel like you've been in the scene longer than 10 years like your your presence on social media like you've really got this great handle on it and the connection to your audience i mean you've got what 60, 65,000 plus followers. And, um, and you travel around the States for your clients and they come to you and you teach Um, in the early days though. I mean, you know, was it a personal connection to locks that you had? Did you have them yourself? Like what was that trigger to get into the, into it?
2: Uh, I mean, you know, I think I just at a really like at a young age, like I can really remember high school specifically, like I just loved how dreadlocks looked. I thought they were so beautiful. I always wanted them. Um, I like begged my parents to let me have them and they said no so it was really just like I always thought people with dreads were like so cool and so hot and they're like so mysterious and I was just like what is this about so when I moved out of my house at 18 and went to college I like I was like I'm gonna get dreads but like I realized um I would try to learn how to make the synthetic so like pretty much um Doctored locks. I think I, I think her name is Melinda. I don't know. She was one of my first like inspirations on YouTube. She kind of like I watched her YouTubes and then learned how to make synthetics. Mm-hmm. And at first I just did like the twist and seal, but then I eventually learned the crochet method. But um, I would make the synthetic dreads, braid them in my hair, wear them, and then whenever I went home, I would just take them out. <laughs> so the, I mean I don't know. I just always loved them. But I think the reason that it became like a huge part of my life is because at the time I was going to UCF for art, the art program. And I was working in a salon, like a a really popular salon in Orlando that I, I was assisting and, um, a receptionist and at that time I was surrounded by so many people that like really loved my self-expression and loved the dreadlocks and thought it was really cool and I feel like it wasn't so popular then so people would say like oh can you make me some I would love some Mm -hmm. so I just started making them for people and it literally like just word of mouth just became my whole life (laughs) Uh And that's—I
0: that's, I think that happens with a lot of people, right? It's—it yeah. comes from the passion of loving locks and and what they mean, and and having a little bit of your representation on the exterior, mm-hmm. um, and and when people see how much passion you have for it and how cool you come across to them, they want to. It just—it's—it's it's infectious, right? They, they yeah.
1: That totally. totally. I have a question. Um, one of the things that I love about your work I mean it's so individual and expressive and happy and mm-hmm. uh, I mean even your your social media presence is it's mm-hmm. wonderful it's, it's inspirational and some of your posts are, especially recently some of your reattachment posts mm-hmm. you did a beautiful one in August uh, a guy that had really really long locks and you oh, can't
2: see but he let me keep one and it's right my on. favorite lock in my hair. Yeah. Sorry, I don't, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'm like, that I love
1: this dreadlock. That <laughs> was so beautiful. And uh, there's like a spiritual thing that goes on with you that is is palpable, you know? And but from the very beginning, did you actually start doing the wraps and, and having all the jewelry and everything? Was that something that you started with right away?
2: Yeah, thanks. Thanks for mentioning that. That was like, and like right when I started making my synthetics in the very, very beginning, I was just like, oh my gosh, I have to put yarn around these. I have to put beads on these. I have to put charms on these. I need sparkle. I need glitter. Like I, and I thought that was like the coolest part about having dreadlocks is that we could decorate them and change out the decoration without um like harming our hair, like without like actually dying it and That was, I think, kind of what, like, set me apart from other people at that time.
1: Totally. And still does.
2: Well, I'm happy to see that, like, a lot of people are, like, embracing that now and, like, doing such cool things that I've never even thought of. Like, I've seen it's kind of popular where people will, like, sew, like, pearls and, like, sequins in their hair. I'm like, oh, I love how this has evolved.
0: (laughs) Yes. And that's the beautiful thing about social media, right? Sharing the ideas and it coming from um, being in the industry for such a long time, you know, the earlier days, everything was trade secret. You couldn't share it with anybody. You, you had to keep it to yourself, keep it into your tight circle because um, you were so afraid that somebody else would take your ideas. But I think the younger generations are realizing how it, it, giving back and and sharing and get, and, and, and sharing each with each other, the, all of the different ideas and creating new ones that come from that everybody benefits in the end right yeah totally
2: I think like that's one thing that's kind of just always been I mean you've been in the community so I'm sure you understand but there's always like a sense of competitiveness I feel sometimes between lock artists which I really wish would diminish I mean even for me I can say like when I was in my early 20s like I think just the mentality of a a 21 year old was like "Oh, oh my god like I can't believe she's copying me but like now that I've seen like the industry, I mean, locks have always been going on, but now with social media and more people learning and crocheting. And now that it's just like broadened, I think that it's cool to share ideas with each other. And, and really my ultimate goal has always been for locks to be seen as a hairstyle, just like every other hairstyle and for the beauty industry, like color lines and, um, you know, tool lines like shears and stuff like that to, to show locks. It's not very common. Like color lines don't really show people with locks. And I just, it's, it's beautiful. Like I, I feel like the more people that are doing locks the correct way, the bigger of a chance we'll have to be more seen by like the full industry you
0: yeah, yeah. know yeah. well and I did a co-collab right with uh, with um with Philip yeah, yeah Philip Wolf and yeah. and Alfredo Lewis and yeah. Alfredo was doing the coloring mm-hmm. um and he wanted to he you know we were talking about potentially doing something with one of the color lines uh, it didn't pan yeah. through because of COVID um but it's re- it was really great to see and hear that that the bigger lines are embracing locks as a, as a normal hairstyle, as, as, right. you know, there's not, it's not, it shouldn't be stigmatized the way it has been. It, it needs to be talked about that. It's, it's hair. And we, it's totally. hair. We wash our hair, you know? Right. You wash your hair. And there's
2: so many stylists that are nervous to color locks or, or don't know how to do like a bridal updo because somebody has dreadlocks or like, there's just little things. And it's like, you know, our hair is just the same as everyone else. It's just compacted <laughs> in a rope yeah. form. <laughs> like, but it's still hair. Yeah.
1: Exactly, yeah. Uh, so um, how did uh, Roly come about? The name Roly That was interesting.
2: Yeah, I love this story because I did not, this is not a self-name. It, it all happened like really organically, just kind of just like how my whole career did. But um So my original, my Instagram handle has always been Rollies to the Sky. And that was before I even started wearing or making dreadlocks. And I had that handle because of the Biggie song when he's like, put your Rollies to the sky. And I just thought, honestly, at the time, I thought that meant like a joint or a blunt or something, but I later learned it meant a Rolex. So I didn't know that, but that was my my Instagram handle. And then, and then, as I started wearing locks and doing them for other people, people just instantly were like, "Oh, are you Rolly?" Like for some reason, they just thought that that was my name. And I'll never forget. I was sitting at a bar <laughs> one night, and this guy named DJ Nigel. He goes, "Man." Rolly, you're Rolly, I'm telling you. Like, Rolly dreads, Roly's to the sky. You gotta be Roly Locks, girl. Like, I'm telling you, that's it. And like, from that day forward, I've been Roly and Rolly Locks, like, Hap was born. All thanks to DJ Nigel, wherever you
0: are. <laughs> Shout out to DJ, DJ Nigel, that's great. What a great yeah. story. That's
2: but awesome. it, like, weirdly works. Like, it just happened so randomly. Mm
1: -hmm. yeah well these are kind of like rollies right yeah exactly yeah so it all makes sense
2: yeah (laughs) um i was gonna say oh go ahead
1: how's the pandemic been for your business have you been Uh,
2: luckily I haven't really been impacted terribly. I mean, I'm in Florida where COVID doesn't exist, so... (laughs) <laughs> no, I mean I I was trying to be make you laugh. Um,
1: We're not going there.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I I'm just kidding. But luckily, it's been really good. Um, I always tell people like I'm. So, I mean, I think every professional lock artist could say the same. But I'm really lucky because my clientele like cares so much about their hair and like spends money in and and invests into their crown. So even through a pandemic, people are like, I need my hair done. So. Honestly, I've been really lucky in that regards.
1: Oh, that's great. What about you? Toronto was like, we were just eviscerated. Yeah. The the longest lockdown in the world happened here. You can believe How
2: long was it for?
1: Well, we were closed from November 2020, and we just opened up this summer, July 2nd. Yeah. Like isn't that bonkers? And that is the that
0: second is. lockdown. The first one was three months prior to that. So right. I think a total of 12 out of 15 months or something like that. Um oh, I was gonna
2: say good for you all for taking things seriously as it should be. Yeah. <laughs> um when we were on that, we had a three-month lockdown, and I really just tried to take advantage of that time to build my business behind the scenes and then to do things a little different, like make hair wraps, make synthetics, you know, sell that online. So I guess I just, I was able to make it work. Mm -hmm, mm
1: -hmm. A lot of businesses had to do, you know, something else, Segway. And my salon, World Salon in Toronto, we actually, uh, because of spacing, the new spacing protocols. Oh, yeah, yeah. We couldn't use two stations so two whole stations of uh Mm -hmm. 10 station salon so we decided to uh create a market a Mm -hmm. marketplace and so now we're bringing in artists and clothing designers and all kinds of cool people like us you know sustainably focused and Mm -hmm. uh, we're selling all their stuff in the market which has been a total total gas and uh so cool Yeah, building community, and then you're you're kind of networking with each other and supporting each other. So, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: so we had during that time we had uh, that to focus on, which was great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I
2: love like the collective. Like the, the, I like that. Um, I always, I mean, I strive for hopefully when I have a bigger space one day in the near future that I'll be able to kind of do something similar to that. I, I just love art so much, like all medias, but... Um, And especially where I live in St. Petersburg, it's like a really, really artsy town, Uh, tons of muralists, tons of huge art festivals, like Art Basel is just in Miami. So it's really cool. I would love to have a space that I could have like revolving art
0: and art shows Mm -hmm. also. Is your space right now just you? Do you have a private studio or?
2: Um, I actually have like a salon space and I have, um, two stylists that have been trained and work under me Danny and Alex and I just have I have a new apprentice now um Carrington who just started so she's she's in the very very beginning of her apprenticeship
0: (laughs) how does it feel to be um a boss for apprentices
2: uh gosh I have such mixed feelings I think I've gotten a little bit better at it now that this is like the fifth go-round um but cause I want to be cool and I want to be fun and I want, you know, to be like myself, but it's also like really important for these people to, to represent my brand and to be doing everything up to par and standards are set very high. They would probably tell you that I terrify them, <laughs> but it's just, you know, it's just finding that balance of, of um being like a really good mentor. And I say that like, Like it's like a sisterly love that we have for each other. I'm really, really, really lucky, but being a boss is cool. It's so special to me. It's actually one of my favorite things about this is being able to gift, um, like young women, a career and a skill and something that they'll have for the the rest of their life and something that they can like sustain, like um, a family with, and all, all of those things like financially and stuff. So it's really cool. They're,
0: they're yeah, good for me. I, I, for speaking from my own experience and Brian's as well, we've, you know, I have a private studio now, but I, I brought in somebody and trained them and, and, it, and, and yeah, mixed feelings because you want them to succeed. You want them mm-hmm. to do their best. You see the best, the potential that they have, but they're not you. And they, they will never be you. And as an artist, they have to find their own way to create, you know, and be inspired by what you're showing them. Right.
2: Right. right. And see, that brings up a really good point. Cause it's like, in some ways I want to set a standard where like everything has to be done exactly how I do it. Like hold the hook the same way as me, use the same amount of clips I use, you better use the right end of the comb. Like all of those, like, cause I'm like a control freak, honestly. But then again, it's like, maybe they just work a little bit better if they hold their hook like this instead. Like, you know, so it's just like give and take. I'd like totally get what you're saying.
0: Oh yeah. That's exactly. <laughs> that was me 10 years ago. Right. I was trying to like create another me because mm-hmm. what works for me works for me. And, mm-hmm. and now like I, you know, I sort of put all my eggs in that basket, right? And and to train that person, um, but now I'm of a mind where I. I leave it very open-ended. I say, this is what I do. This is what someone else does. And also the room collectively will feed off of each other and say, oh, well, this is how I do it. But what I also will definitely reiterate is this is why I do what I do, Mm -hmm. right? This is why I hold the hook this way so that my wrist doesn't hurt or I don't get carpal tunnel because a lot of people will hold it a particular way. So that's, how how do you find, like when you're doing, when you're holding the hook, Mm -hmm. you obviously don't have any, concerns of pain. And so what works for you, but for other people, there's a common, you know, complaint about, Oh, my thumb hurts and my finger hurts having myself.
2: Right. I also think like, sometimes people are set in their ways. Like, so And like, there's nothing wrong with that, but um, like, for instance, teaching this, um, like teaching um, this class that's coming up, the other locticians who are already like professional and experienced, it's like, you know, I'm going to teach my way, which I'm every, like, hopefully will benefit everybody, but like, you're still like, people are still like stuck in their ways and have their method, so it's like I could tell you that this is gonna help, but
0: are you really gonna use this advice or not? Like, I don't absolutely, they'll use the advice, and I, and you know why? And I say this when I teach other people who have been in the industry for several years is yeah. that just having that information in your back pocket, whether you use it or right. not, you know the information. So then you can actually have that conversation with your clients and say, hey, this is the way I do it, but I know the, these are other techniques and these are other you know locticians that do it that way and pros and cons for everything. So having the information is just, whether you use it or not. But right. you have-
2: like it. You can never know too much. Yeah. And I, I feel yeah. the same way, like learning from other people as well.
0: Yeah.
1: And I think, I mean, I've been lucky, blessed to have trained tons of people in my career and uh, what's super exciting for me is when someone comes along and they are so good that they blow your socks off. Yeah. You see that potential and you see them, you know, being better than you one day, you know. Oh,
2: totally. And
1: so when, when those kind of special people come along, I, I find that uh, my focus then is more, I mean, you want to give them the, the basics, obviously, and that good foundation. Um, but I, I, talk a lot about the holistic sort of, uh, world of hair and what we do and like mm-hmm. our bodies, especially because posture and, and you know, how we take care of our bodies, Right. it's going to be, uh, either you have a great career for 30 something years. I mean, I'm blessed with that. Or your body's gonna cave in, and you're you're gonna burn out at ten years because you're just you have got bad habits, basically. Right. So I think that's huge for me, mm-hmm. is to sort of get that across to the younger yeah. generation, and uh, so
2: and and we do all this because we care. <laughs> you know, like I'm so beyond like amazed, thankful, blessed for Danny and Alex who have like, who work with me and have become stylists and take their own clients now. I'm like, how the heck did I get so lucky? And I mean, there's been others that didn't didn't pass, but I'm like, these girls are so good. And it's funny cause like I was, I, sometimes I'm like, you guys are better than me. <laughs>
0: like, you know what I mean? But I don't know. And that's yeah. a good thing because but as Brian says, right? like. You, you, if you're there to watch a new person take off in their career, and they have that special something that you saw in yourself,
2: mm-hmm. you know, why
0: not encourage that? Right. Know? So, um, can we talk a little bit about some of your your special celebrity clients? Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, we won't get into any details, but maybe there's a fun story that you can tell, like what maybe. You know, stands out to you? Uh,
2: yeah, I would say something that's uh, really cool is, um, let's see, let's see where where should I start? Well, my first, I'll just say like my first celebrity client is a singer, El King who is like a country singer, she's really cool. That was like my first experience where I got to go on her tour bus and braid synthetics in. And I just, it was just so cool and so wonderful. And then uh, she was even in like a Ford Focus commercial with her dread, so I could even like actually like prove to people like, look, I really did this. Like, <laughs> so <laughs> that was really cool. And then I have to say like drag queens, like I love drag queens. And I feel like if a drag queen buys a wig from you, like, you know, you've made it. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) so like um a rupaul uh drag race um drag queen willem has got multiple wigs from me and sent me other clients that are also really well known which was super cool um and like todrick hall for instance this is a good story so I was actually at the Behind the Chair Hair Awards. Gosh, I don't even know. Maybe like, I'm so, I'm so bad with time because of like COVID and stuff. So I wanna say two years ago, but I was at the Behind the Chair Awards. And at the same, the night of the award show that I was nominated for like three, the VMAs were happening, and like Todrick Hall called me, and he was like, "I need you in New York in four hours." And I was <laughs> like, "Um." And then like, so I had some friends with me, and I was like, "Should we drive to New York from Washington at like one o'clock in the morning?" And he was like look, I'm performing with Taylor Swift. And like, he told me like, we won an award. Like you want your hair on TV, like get here. So literally me and my friend like rented a car, drove to New York city, got there at like four in the morning. And like, when I tell you his hair, okay, you can't see my fingers. His hair was literally like maybe an inch long. So (laughs) I have never braided synthetics in such short hair before. I was so nervous. I was so under pressure. But it all worked out wonderful, and it looked really good, and he was happy, and I made
0: <laughs> Yes, that's fantastic. Oh, man, and you didn't realize his hair was that short.
2: I mean, I had worked with him one time previously, so I did know but it was like even shorter than it was so oh,
0: not he had a haircut. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but i was like we're gonna like, make it work.
0: that information would have been helpful four and a half hours ago <laughs> yeah
2: yeah literally it was so action-packed like it was just so quick no time to think luckily he already had the locks that i made so it was just mm-hmm. a matter of me getting there but that it was cool. really cool was yeah
0: really cool. And it's those stories that make such an interesting life, right? Like it's, it's why we love what we do. I know our clients, doesn't matter if they're famous or not. I mean, yeah. of course the excitement goes up a notch when you're driving to another state in the yeah. middle of the night, <laughs> but, um, you know, it ultimately it's, we share the same passion and we love people and we love the stories that come with, uh, with all of our clients. So we are therapists.
2: Yes.
1: Oh yeah, for Sure. and every one of those crazy experiences builds your self-esteem and your character and uh and I think one of the things people are generally not as really I don't know I don't want to say brave but um I don't know I think people tend to sort of hold back more than Mm -hmm. they should and and they don't put themselves out there as much and when you do that when you when you you know real caution to the wind and just go for something like that so much good comes out of it right
2: totally well that's what I was gonna say I am a yes person I have a really hard time ever saying no like to anybody even my clients when I should my work social life balance is terrible but I'm okay with that like so any opportunity I have like I didn't go to the award show that I was nominated which is one of my biggest accomplishments like pretty much ever being nominated behind the chair for huge, like best extensions of the year. Like what, like that was like my night. But then like when he called, I was like, I have to do this. Like, this is huge. Hell was my award? Like, so I just like, it's just go, I guess going for it, like take chances. Like who cares if it doesn't end up perfectly how you want it to like one day it will, like you just gotta go for it.
0: Absolutely. I love that. And thank you so much for sharing your stories with us today, Rolly. i really, really am glad that we finally got to connect today. It's uh, too long. I appreciate
2: everybody listening.
0: (laughs) So guys like follow Rolly. If you're not already, I'm sure a lot of you that are listening and watching are Uh, Rolly's to the sky and um, yeah, we will, uh, we'll keep, uh, keep in touch um lots of things going on in the new year and stay tuned for
1: some noggin oil
0: yes yes Yes, Yes. please i need
2: more (laughs) (laughs) yes and i will be getting to meet you soon i can't wait it'll be a wonderful day
0: i know i'm so excited thank you (laughs) all right so that's it for another episode of lock talk first one of season three we are so excited Stay tuned for more episodes all the way from Iceland and Toronto and wherever our fancy guests are coming from who knows <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: All right well, thanks thank everybody. you so much oh, Thank
2: you Bye, okay. Bye. Take care Lock-tab. Lock-tab. Lock-tab.